Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. If the season ended today, Lakers would be 7, Warriors 8, Grizzlies 9, Spurs 10, which would give the NBA exactly what it wants a playing game between the lakers and the warriors a tv gold mine i think that would be great for tv i certainly would tune in and enjoy watching that with some popcorn and probably a glass of wine he's done things people said he can't do over and over and over again and has continued to prove them wrong and whether or not he wins a championship i don't think that'll validate the type of player he is or the type of person he is I don't think there will ever be a player as highly scrutinized as Russ that performs consistently, that rises to the occasion and plays as hard as he can, literally. One of my favorite rappers, J. Cole, is playing basketball in Africa. He's always wanted to play professionally and he's always wanted to compete at the highest level. And at the very least, I think he could play in the G League and compete for a, a spot in the G League. Welcome to the 112th episode of Pull Up. That's right, 112 episodes. And on this date, May 11th, 1992, the Blazers beat the Suns 153 to 151 to win the Western Conference semifinals, setting the record for most combined points in a playoff game with 304. The record still stands today, which kind of shows you how great of a scoring team Both those teams were the Suns running gun, getting up and down, Showtime basketball, the Blazers getting up and down, dishing, dunking, doing so much. And now the three-point line is even more prevalent than it's ever been, and no team has ever scored that many points combined, which is crazy to think about. Turning the page, uh, last night we got a big win over the Houston Rockets at home. The Houston Rockets are an interesting team. I was, it was brought to my attention that they had lost 42 of their last 47 games, which is, which is crazy to think about. Um, looking at their roster, what they've kind of gone through this year, they've had 28 um, different combinations of starting lineups. They've had 28 players um, on their roster throughout this entire season. Obviously, they started with James Harden. He was traded. They started with P.J. Tucker. He was traded amongst other players kind of coming in and out of the lineup. 
They now have a lot of guys on 10-day contracts, a lot of guys who are trying to kind of solidify themselves in the league. And I must say they play extremely hard. Obviously, they traded Victor Oladipo. Uh, John Wall's done for the remainder of the year. Uh, so that gives younger guys an opportunity to kind of step up and play. And they played extremely well last night. They competed. Uh, we got it by 10 to 15, 18 at one point, and they cut it to five. And they made it very difficult for us. And I'm sure Coach, along with a lot of fans, were nervous. But luckily, we were able to kind of put them away and uh, turn the page. Now we're a game and a half ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers for sixth place. And it's going to definitely be a battle down the stretch with us having a back-to-back coming up against the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns before finishing up at home against Denver. And uh, later on in the podcast, I'll kind of take a look at potential matchups. I'll take a look at the scheduling and how that kind of factors into um, who we could potentially be matching up with along with the rest of uh, the NBA. But looking at the game, we tied an NBA record with 12 threes made in a quarter, in the first quarter. I ended up hitting five, started off great, and then I don't think I made a shot after the second quarter, but sometimes it happens like that, and you just kind of live with it. I think that as a team, um, we're starting to gel at the right time. Uh, We're starting to click. We've won eight of our last nine, four in a row. The only loss we had was against Atlanta on a rough back-to-back at the end of a four and six, five and seven which was very, very brutal, filled with a lot of travel. But outside of that, I think we've played well defensively. Offensively, we have the number one offense the last 17 games. We're a top 10 uh, defensive team the last 17 games. And um, I think Nurk's been a big part of that. He's finding his rhythm. Um, He's getting more comfortable. Obviously, the conditioning factor is kind of kicking in now with him having played um, ample amount of games. Uh, from a spacing standpoint, you know, Norm's kind of figuring out where he fits in at, how he can get his shots, how he can be effective. Dame's found his rhythm after kind of taking a week off to allow his body to rest after a long, long, brutal season of him having to carry the load uh, because we were dealing with so many injuries. And I think that five-game losing streak we kind of went through earlier in the season where we lost five of six and six straight at home has kind of helped us. Um, I always tell people it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. And I think for us as a team, we're kind of figuring that out. And I think it's important for you to be healthy at the right time and peaking at the right time. And I think all those things are kind of aligning perfectly uh, for us. And I'm looking forward to seeing how we finish up and I'm looking forward to seeing who we potentially match up against. It's only right that I talk about us, you know, scoring a franchise record 50 points in the first quarter. Uh, We did it. In spectacular fashion, a lot of three-pointers, a lot of transition baskets, a lot of assists. Um, everything was clicking, and we were looking very, very good. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about uh, where we're heading and, and what we can accomplish. And this, this back-to-back will be very telling of what happens in the playoffs for us and kind of where other teams uh, will finish, because a lot of it is predicated on our wins and our losses. So that's that's going to be great. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how we finally have fans. Um, It's been a long, long year and a half of playing on the road uh, with minimal to no fans, not being able to eat on the road, and obviously playing at home in in an empty gym where it's freezing cold and you just feel like you're you're at a disadvantage. We were the last team to implement fans, and now we're at 10%. And I must say it felt like, you know, a good 10,000 were in there. It was very loud especially for the first night. And you could sense that the fans were excited to get out the house, uh, to come out and support us and uh, to cheer us on. And we definitely needed it. It was at the right time. 
a home game against the Lakers, uh, which would decide the tiebreaker, which will be very important um, down the stretch to decide if we have to be in the play, playing game or not. So uh, I'm thankful the fans are back. I'm sure they're happy to be back. And we're looking forward to continuing to get closer and closer to not only normalcy, but closer and closer to full capacity in the Moda Center because that's when we have our best advantage. And I want to remind everyone to make sure you're following the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Hit us up for a five-star review. Share the show with a friend and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pull Up Pod for fresh content all season long. And you can go check out the segment I did last week on Mello reaching 10th all-time in points scored. Once again, I'm going to be discussing the play-in format, you know, potential matchups in the playoffs, how Russ is unbelievable. Um, he set an incredible record last night. J. Cole going from the studio to the court and shooting his shot at pro basketball in Africa. But first, I will touch on the final week of the regular season and how things are going to be very, very interesting. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. There are a lot of teams battling around the play-in, but I want to focus on the East for a minute here. Looking at who's clinched the playoff so far, the 76ers, the Nets, and the Bucks. Those teams are clearly at the top. The Sixers are 47 and 21. They're basically a lock for the number one seed. Um, Brooklyn's three games behind at 44 and 24. And Milwaukee is 43 and 25. Then there's a kind of a drop off to where the Knicks and Atlanta are tied and Miami's a game out. Boston's in the playing game right now as it stands, two games behind the Heat. Uh, Charlotte's two games behind Boston and the Wizards have a three-game lead on Chicago. So they'll be in the playing game as it stands as long as things don't go terribly wrong without Bradley Bill out there. But looking at the East for a second, I think the interesting matchup uh, right now is is the race for second. Um, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, obviously, are in position to to get second place. And I think that's going to be crucial because that'll kind of determine the matchup um, in the later rounds uh, in terms of who's going to play who. As it stands right now, the Sixers would play the eight seed, which is the winner or lo- the winner or loser of the the playing game, and in that next round, there could be a big, big, big matchup uh, where you know it basically goes one eight two seven three six four five, and in the second round, Brooklyn could could have their hands full, you know, potentially playing Milwaukee, which would be a great, great game to watch on TV. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. Brooklyn at full strength. I think the rest of the NBA is looking forward to seeing Brooklyn at full strength. Um, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant have only played seven games together this season, and they still figured out a way uh, to have one of the best records in the NBA. Kind of shows you how great you know those players are on their own, and how well their role players have been playing with the additions of Blake Griffin and some of the other guys. Um, they've added depth. They've added shooting. 
And Mike James is a player that, that's come from Russia and been able to fill the void as a, as a backup point guard who can score and kind of fill things up. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how they play. Obviously, for Philly, health is the key. Uh, if Embiid is healthy, they have a chance to win a championship. Um, if he's not, they're in trouble. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of monitor his minutes with three games remaining um, and them having a three-game lead on the Brooklyn Nets. The Knicks are an interesting enigma. They've won 13 of their last 16. They're a half a game ahead of Atlanta for the four seed. And they could have a date soon um, with the Sixers in, in the event that they're able to get out of the first round, which is very, very interesting in itself. Looking at their team, um, what Thibodeau's been able to do with those guys, uh, getting them to defend, getting them to kind of buy in, getting the most out of Julius Randle, who's having an all-star season and an all-NBA type season. He's hitting game winners. Um, he's doing a little bit of everything and kind of proving that um, what he's been able to accomplish is no fluke. He's done it all season long, and he's carrying a Knicks team to the playoffs for the first time in years. And he's also breaking a lot of Melo's records in terms of points, rebounds, assists, threes made. He's leading his team in nearly every statistical category, which in itself is is an amazing accomplishment and feat. But I, I really like to, I think that what Bron said is true. When the Knicks are playing well, it's good for the NBA because of the city, the energy, and it's a shame that all the fans can't be there to kind of see that. It's also a shame that I was injured and not able to play in the Garden this season, but it's all good because I'll be back next year. Looking at another team, two teams that I want to discuss. First and foremost, the Wizards. The Wizards are a nightmare for any team, uh, mainly because of who they have on their roster. Obviously, you got Russ, a walking triple-double. You got Brad Bill, who's, you know, arguably the best off guard in the NBA. The guy can score at all three levels. Um, he's virtually unstoppable, averaging 30 points, over 30 points per game for the second consecutive season, uh, becoming more efficient, gets to the free throw line, scores in pick and roll, scores in isos, catch and shoot, does a little bit of everything. They're in the playing game. They're a scary team. It's only one game they got to win. Well, in their case, they probably have to win two games. But they're in a position to wreak havoc in that first round, uh, potential playoff matchup. So I think teams are hoping they don't make it. <laughs> I think teams are hoping they can avoid them. But based on uh, the standings right now, it looks like they're going to be a lock for 10 seed and potentially 9 or 8 seed if, if Russ can kind of carry the load right while Brad's out. The last team in the East that I want to discuss is the Boston Celtics, mainly because They've gone through injury after injury after injury all season long, and it's affected them. It's affected them to the point to where um, the media and fans alike are questioning whether or not it's Brad Stevens' fault. Like, is he the right guy for the job? Um, they're in the playing game right now as it stands. And with Jalen Brown being out for the season with a wrist injury, I think things are going to get worse. They may, they may take a couple more steps back. It's going to be hard for them to kind of compete at that level, having to depend on uh, younger guys who are probably unproven and not necessarily ready to kind of make that step. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens with the Boston Celtics this offseason. Um, their GM has gone on record saying that it's his fault and that he didn't assemble uh, – the proper roster, uh, that it's it's clear that they don't have enough talent. He's kind of falling on the sword uh, for Brad Stevens so that he doesn't have to worry about um, the rumblings behind the scenes from, from Boston Celtics fans who were very, very passionate, um, if I do say so myself. So that's what the East is kind of looking like. Fast forward, looking at the West, 
the West from top to bottom was probably a little bit stronger than the East. Uh, obviously, um, Utah Jazz already at 50 wins. The Phoenix Suns already at 48 wins. All have clinched. The Clippers have clinched with 45 wins, and the Nuggets have clinched with 44 wins. Very, very tight race between one and two and three and four. And obviously, we're in a huge cluster um, from five to seven with us being a half game behind Dallas, basically, and the Lakers being a game and a half behind us. It's it's probably one of the first times in a long time to where teams are having to play um, their starters, you know, in in a regular season game with two or three games left uh, because of the implications of potential matchups and because of the fact that the seven seed now is required to play in the playing game. I think the Utah Jazz are an interesting team. A lot of people have tried to decide whether or not they're legit. Um, they have a deep, deep roster. They have the sixth man of the year in Jordan Clarkson. They've been able to stay afloat despite Donovan Mitchell, um, their all-star and leader, being out with a sprained ankle. They've kind of shown that they're consistent. They're going to play their level of basketball. And ironically, they're one of the only teams in the NBA that have like over 10,000 fans coming to games. And by the time the playoff starts, they'll probably be, they'll probably be at full capacity, which is a huge advantage for them. And the fact that they have the altitude on their side is another huge advantage for them. Looking at the Phoenix Suns, we got a matchup with both of these teams. Uh, we'll play the Utah Jazz first and then the Suns in the back-to-back. Shout out to the schedule gods for throwing this back-to-back in at the, at the end of the season. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, very, very thoughtful of you. But they're a good, a good team. They're young, but with Chris Paul, anything is possible. They're coached well by Monty, who should win um, the NBA Coach of the Year. Obviously, Devin Booker is going to get a chance to play in the playoffs for the first time. Mikael Bridges, um, DeAndre Ayton. Jay Crowder was a great addition in signing for them. A 3 and D guy who, who knows how to win. He's selfless and, and does the right things out there in the court. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens at the 1-2 spot. Obviously, 3-4 could go either way. And that'll kind of decide who we end up playing. You know, if we're a sixth seed, which we are right now, we'll end up playing the Clippers. And if we're a five seed and able to catch Dallas, we'll end up playing Denver. But there's a lot of things that kind of go into the schedule, which I'll get into later. And some teams may end up resting guys to try to find favorable matchups. There's a lot of things that are about to go down (laughs) in this last week and a half of the season. And I think the interesting development for the Lakers is that Anthony Davis seems to be back. Uh, He played really well against us. Uh, Then he went went on to beat uh, the Phoenix Suns essentially by himself, uh, carrying the team 40-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, 5-plus assists, and he yelled, I'm back after his last spin-out dunk. He's finding his rhythm. He's finding his groove. The Lakers feel like if they're healthy, it probably doesn't matter what seed they get because they feel like they can beat anybody. LeBron is rumored to be coming back tonight against the Knicks, ironically. This is a big game for them and probably the only losable game on their schedule. So if they would like to lose that game, we'd be very appreciative of that. (laughs) That that would be great. But if the season ended today, Lakers would be 7, Warriors 8, Grizzlies 9, Spurs 10, which would give the NBA exactly what it wants. A playing game between the Lakers and the Warriors. A TV goldmine. I think that would be great for TV. I certainly would tune in and enjoy watching that with some popcorn and probably a glass of wine. I think the rest of the NBA would enjoy it. And most importantly, league offices, dreams would come true. This is exactly what they envisioned. Uh, Teams playing down the stretch of a regular season game and actually having to compete. It's 
it's basically exactly what they wanted to happen. I think for me personally, how I'm preparing for this final stretch consists of a lot of rest, a lot of sleep, stretching, extra treatment, seeing my PT. I'm going to be doing some dry needling after the Phoenix Suns game because I'll finally have two days in between games for the first time and the Lord knows how long. And I think mentally you just kind of shift a little bit. You start watching film on teams you could potentially play, uh, obviously watching more Clippers games, watching more Nuggets games. And then you're just kind of studying the rest of the league and, tr- and trying to figure out um, potential matchups for, for all the teams. And I think for me personally, with this being my, my eighth season, um, be my eighth year in the playoffs, um, you kind of get your routine down. You, you figure out what your body needs. You figure out what your mind needs, how to kind of get away from the game and then kind of reintroduce it. And if we take care of business the way we're supposed to, we'll have some off days between the 16th, our last regular season game, and the 22nd uh, when the playoffs would actually start. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we finish up so that I can mentally prepare for the rest that I may have. The play-in tournament is going to be an interesting situation. I think that if the Warriors get into the play-in tournament and can avoid the Lakers, I think they end up making the playoffs. If they have to play the Lakers, I don't think that they will end up getting in as a seven seed, but I think they could get in as eight seed. I think they're a better team than the Memphis Grizzlies, and I think they're a better team than the Spurs. So in the event that there is a, a play-in tournament, I think the Lakers get in at seven. I think the Warriors get in at eight. If you only have to win one game, it's hard to bet against a veteran team uh, in the Warriors playing against a younger team in the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think they just have a little bit more firepower than the Spurs, um, especially if they're playing in the Bay at home. But that's kind of how I see the tournament shaking out. I think the Warriors end up getting in. I think the Wizards end up getting in as well in the event that they have to just win one or two games. A healthy Bradley Bill, a healthy Russell Westbrook will be more than enough for sure. And in terms of the momentum, I don't think the momentum will hurt us uh, if we're able to get rest. I think having won eight of our last nine, hopefully we can win three three more games and it'll be 11 of our last 12 uh, to head into the playoffs. It'd be nice to have a break uh, mentally to kind of shut down, to, to get out um, and explore, um, sit down outside and, and be able to kind of take a break and, and mentally escape. I think it's necessary for us and I think it's extremely necessary for me. And historically, when I take a day off or two, um, I'm able to kind of regroup and I feel much, much better. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I discussed the Wizards and how I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I didn't touch on Russell Westbrook and him making history for most triple doubles in NBA history. Russ recently passed Oscar Robinson last night for most triple doubles in NBA history with 182. He has 18 triple doubles in his last 21 games, which is insane, and 37 total this season. He's averaged a triple double in four seasons. And for people that are out there that are kind of, you know, digesting this, it's hard to score 10 points in a game. It's hard to get 10 rebounds in a game. And it's extremely hard to get 10 assists. He's doing all three of these things often. And he's also had 20-20-20, which is insane to even think about. And a lot of people talk about how he chases stats. A lot of people talk about how it's empty numbers. He'll never win. He's never this. He's never that. What he's doing is extremely impressive, and it's hard to do in a video game. And as a guy who played video games growing up, I can assure you that I never averaged a triple-double on the video game, (laughs) which kind of gives you the perspective of what he's actually accomplishing. He has a great motor. He's on the other side of 30. He's not as athletic as he once was, but he's still top five in the NBA with athleticism, which kind of shows you where he was when he first got into the league. He's a smarter player. Uh, He knows how to make his teammates better. And based on the conversations that I've had with him and based on what you've seen from him in in, in interviews and what his wife has kind of talked about, he's probably the happiest he's ever been. And I think that people have put too much stake into winning championships, which is extremely important and which is something every player wants to accomplish. But it's definitely not the end-all, be-all. And I think, you know, Stephen A kind of went at him earlier in the season and, and Russ and his wife kind of responded. Um, they basically, Stephen A. basically said that you know he'll never win a championship, and that until he wins a championship, you know, a lot of stuff he's doing means nothing. And he talked about how he's a champion in his community, which is extremely important. And I thought that was a great response. Uh, some of the stuff he's accomplished, and some of the stuff that he continues to do for the underserved uh, communities, especially the black communities that he comes from. Um, in California and beyond kind of shows you the type of person he is. Um, he's continued to figure out ways to leave a legacy and inspire people while being his, himself, which is really, really important for kids out there. And I think he talked about it. He always says, why not? 
Um, why not do things that people say you can't do? Why not go out there and prove people wrong? And why not go out there and be the best version of yourself? And I think he's lived that. And every time he steps on the floor, and he said it himself, he's done things people said he can't do over and over and over again and has continued to prove them wrong. And whether or not he wins a championship, I don't think that'll validate the type of player he is or the type of person he is. And as the saying goes, there's so much more to life than just winning. There's so much more to life than just the sport. And although it's important to us, this is a way for us to provide for our families and a way for us to impact the lives of many. And I think Russ has done all those things and more. And whether or not he he wins a championship, in, in, in my mind and a lot of basketball minds, he's a top five point guard of all time, definitely top 10. And some of the, the records he's breaking will never be broken again. Uh, I don't think there'll ever be a player uh, as highly scrutinized as Russ that performs consistently, that rises to the occasion and plays as hard as he can, literally. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He goes out there and competes and you you've never heard you know teammates say bad things about him from a from a work ethic standpoint to how he prepares to how he treats them. I think that what he's been able to accomplish is is special, and I'm extremely happy for him and wish him nothing but the best going forward. And um, I will reiterate that you know we we all want to win a championship as a player. You know that's our goal. That's why we lace him up. But at the end of the day, it's very hard to accomplish, and there's a lot of ple- people who accomplish things on that court and outside of that court that are champions in their communities, that are champions in their families, that are the leaders of their households and inspiring many others uh, to go out there and and do things they probably thought weren't possible. And I think that in itself is an accomplishment um, and that you can't degrade or demoralize someone for not winning the championship. Uh, I think Charles Barkley talks about it all the time. He never won a championship, but he accomplished a lot of great things. He inspired a lot of people and he was just a, a prisoner of that moment. You know, Jordan took a lot of championships from him. Uh, the bad boys took a lot of championships from him. And the list goes on and on. I think a lot of players go through those eras where uh, it's tough. I think since since 1975 or 74, only eight or nine teams have won a championship. So that means a lot of teams are failing each year. And it's not just on the players. It's also on the organizations, the draft right, uh, to go after players and free agency, to trade, and to hire the right people. So I think all those things kind of go into winning a championship to where you can't just fault the player. One of my favorite segments, pull up or dish, I'm going to talk about Steph Curry. I'm pulling up on this for sure. Steph Curry is the best pure scorer in the league today with Kevin Durant. I would say him and KD are the best pure scorers in the league. Curry is closing on the NBA scoring title, averaging 31.9 points per game. Bill was a lock to win the title. He was averaging 35 in February, but then Curry went on a crazy, crazy, crazy run. Since April, he's averaging 37. He set an NBA record with 96 threes in April. And in May, he's averaging 38 points per game in 32 minutes. And with Bill out with a hamstring injury, it looks like Curry may be able to kind of pull away. This is the closest scoring title race in 25 or 30 years since I believe David Robinson scored 71 or 72 points in the final regular season game to take the scoring title from Shaquille O'Neal. So that kind of gives you an idea of how close this race is and how dominant these players have been historically. MB's averaging 29, Dame's at 28, Giannis at 28.2. 
but I'm pulling up on this. I think Curry's the, the best pure scorer in the league right now as it stands because of how he scores. He moves without the ball. He can score in ISO situations. He finishes well around the rim. He's a 95% free throw shooter, so virtually automatic when he gets to the line. And he's just a wizard. He's someone you have to look for at all times. He does things, and, and you literally think, like, how is that possible? I, I think that... He has changed the game for the better, but he's also changed the game for the worse because a lot of kids are trying to replicate some of the things that he's doing. And some of that stuff just isn't virtually possible for kids. You know, you have to get the reps in. You have to really practice your game. And as, you know, George Hill once said uh, in the finals, he said sometimes he just throws it up there and it, it, it appears as if God is just dropping it into the basket, which is very, very accurate at times because he shoots the ball at an incredibly efficient rate from very, very far out, which is kudos to him and his work ethic. One of my favorite rappers ever, my current favorite rapper, J. Cole, is playing basketball in Africa. J. Cole took the Drake quote, seriously, I swear sports and music are synonymous. We want to be them and they want to be us. I'm a big Cole fan. He's a guy who's worked out... um, with me, I've worked out alongside him and seen, you know, how seriously he takes the game. He's about 6'2". He's 36 years old, and he has a nice jump shot. I will admit, he has a nice jump shot, and he's always wanted to play professionally, and he's always wanted to compete at the highest level. And I think this is a step in the right direction for him. Um, he's actually arrived in Rwanda a few days ago, and he's quarantining to play in a 12-team league, and he will play in three to six games with the Rwanda Patriots in the BBC. It's an inaugural season of the Basketball Africa League, and I'm excited about this because the world will get to see J. Cole play. He'll be able to compete, which is his goal and dream, and he'll bring more attention uh, to not only basketball in general, but the Basketball Africa League, which is you know really, really great for the sport, and there's a lot of talented players uh, who come out of Africa that probably don't have the exposure they deserve. And now they're going to get a chance to get some more exposure. For a little background information, Cole played high school basketball at Sanford High School in North Carolina. He was a walk-on at St. John's, but obviously went on to switch to music and become one of the best rappers of all time. I think Cole is in line uh, to potentially uh, do what Master P did. Master P ended up signing a professional contract um, with the Hornets and Raptors uh, between the 98 and 99 preseasons. He actually got some buckets in a few preseason games, and I enjoyed watching it. And I think Cole has the potential to to probably do something similar. And at the very least, I think he could play in the G League and compete for a, a spot in the G League. I am pulling up on J. Cole in the Basketball Africa League. I think it's really dope. I'm happy to see him going over there. And I think... As talented of an artist as he is, I think he's going to take that same approach to basketball from a work ethic standpoint, you know, paying attention to the small things, the little details, breaking down film, and really just kind of locking in. I think that'll help him have some success. I think his star power would definitely impact the Basketball Africa League because he's one of the most popular artists, not only in America, but but in the world. And I think that... Um, it's really cool that he's going to be playing over there. And I think people will enjoy it, but people will also go at him, understanding who he is and kind of what he stands for as an artist. The next segment is get the dub, take the L. Pascal Siakam surprised his mom with a luxury home for Mother's Day. This is an automatic dub for me. I think it's really dope. He, he posted a video surprising his mom. 
saying happy birthday, happy Mother's Day to the queen herself. Thank you for always being there for all of us and being the super mom you are. With dad gone, we haven't been able to call a place home and it was always my dream to change that. So that's, that's just really dope and I think it's cool to see athletes taking care of their families, see them looking out for the people that help kind of raise them and put them in position to succeed, whether that's brothers, aunties, grandmas, grandpas, cousins, close friends. I think it's really, really dope when guys kind of pay homage to people who have taken part in their process and their journey to success. Taking the L, I discussed the Boston Celtics injuries earlier this season. I think Jalen Brown being hurt for the remainder of the season is a huge, huge loss to Boston. Um, with them being currently seventh seventh in the East, I think that they're eventually going to drop some with three games remaining. I think He's a huge, huge piece of their team, uh, all-star player who was averaging career highs across the board, over 24 points per game, over six rebounds, over three assists, and literally was consistent. You know, next to Tatum, he was the most consistent player on that team, uh, constantly out there competing, playing through injuries. He played through a, a sprained ankle against us and ended up getting hurt down the stretch of that game. And I want to remind people, the Celtics have played just 18 games all season with their top four players, and they've used 34 different lineups this season, which is among one of the most in the NBA. I think it's extremely frustrating to see guys get hurt in general, but especially face injuries down the stretch of a season in which you're close to the playoffs. This season has been hard enough with COVID, with all the requirements that we have to go through and kind of what we're seeing, you know, from a, from an exhaustion standpoint, mentally and physically just being pushed to the limits and to see guys make it through the entire season and then not be able to play in the, in the playoffs is, is a tough blow. I think it's extremely frustrating for teams to have to kind of maneuver through these, these tragic times and have to figure out, you know, Roster rotations have to figure out, you know, the safety, obviously, of, of family members and things of that nature when you're worried about COVID results. It's just been a, a very, very tough season. I think uh, for the Celtics, this is probably the final blow in what has been a terrible, terrible season, if you ask me. Cue the wine music, please. I've been drinking a lot of wine lately. And historically, when we qualify for the playoffs, I enjoy some bubbles. So I shall be enjoying some bubbles soon. But until then... I want to put something on your radar that I'm a part of. The One Barrel Challenge. There are five different vineyards left still selling wine for the One Barrel Challenge. And the One Barrel Challenge mission is to make wine more accessible in the industry. And this year's beneficiary is the Maurice Lucas Foundation. And their focus is on partnering with the underserved communities and providing opportunities around education. So if you haven't already, please look into this. All the proceeds this year will be going to the Maurice Lucas Foundation, um, which is centered around, as I said before, serving the underserved communities. And we're all trying to make wine more accessible in the industry through the Wine Barrel Challenge. So please support if you can. Once again, I appreciate everybody for tuning into the Pull Up Pod. I want to make sure you're following the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. Please, please, please hit us with a five-star review and share with a friend and tell that friend to tell a friend to tell another friend. And as the saying goes, don't forget to pull up.